It is so good to be with you folks. We are AM Talk Radio 790. You are listening to A Nation Divided, coming to you live from sunny Culver City on this beautiful summer's day. This is A Nation Divided, but we are not. I am Brian Thomas Dunn, and I am sitting right across from my best friend in the entire known world, Mr. James Universe. I said James Universe. <laughs> James I like that. Oates. I like that. I like that James Universe thing. I think you should stick with that oh James my goodness. Universe thing. That sounded really good, man. How That's are you feeling cool. today, brother? Well, I feel good, but I got to make my plug that I said I was going to make because we're not going to have time for the rest of the show. John mm. McAfee. John McAfee, we lost a great one. Most people are probably saying, who's John McAfee? Who is that cat? Who is that He's cat, He's a Jim? crazy dude, man. Genius or a madman? I don't know. You'd have to read about him to decide for yourself, but I think the guy was a pretty cool guy. McAfee was the guy. I mean, he's actually the almost the very first person. He was one of the first people to identify the very first computer virus. And he actually wrote Oh, that the old first, school McAfee software. Yeah, the McAfee software. Up. And he actually wrote – he really did. He wrote that – he wrote software to defeat this very first virus. I mean, this was a guy that was like working with computers like in the 50s and stuff, right? But, uh, uh, Jim, I'm going to put this in the most uh, politically cool correct way. The heroes that you have espoused <laughs> right. the, uh, let's just call it the intricacies <laughs> of your personality. Hey, man, your your dad would have loved this guy. He worked on the <laughs> Apollo program. He worked for Lockheed. This guy was a really smart dude. But then he totally, completely, they, well, people say he flipped out. I don't think he flipped out. He just decided, man, the whole system is completely broken and I'm out. So he, like, moved to Belize and he... Wow. But he, hey, some of the stuff he was talking about, like, this war on drug thing is crazy. That We're all nuts for doing this. And, yeah, he was that kind of guy. I think you would have jived with him, man. Maybe. I just didn't really know the man. Well, so he's gone now. The idea when you start talking about things that are broken and broken systems... Yes. It, yeah. it kind of lends to the discussion of the day. It and, does. And we've been getting bombarded with all of these big words, uh, critical race critical race theory. theory. Yes. Uh, there's all of this really hot uh, and bothered discussions hot going. Hot stuff right now, man. I mean, even in Washington, we've got generals talking yeah, to the people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we got something here. Yeah. So think, uh, we're, we're probably picking up a little bit of that. What oh, do you think about that, Jim? Oh, yeah. Well, I think that, okay, well, first of all, he's saying some really rational things there, but I think the discussion that that was being had was a question over what's being taught at West Point right now. And so then that leads to the bigger question about what are we teaching our kids in general? Right. And then, you know, he starts talking about he started, like he said, Mao Zedong, he he studied him, right? Well, okay, talk about like this concept of critical race theory. It actually starts with Karl Marx. So well, if you the, get into the idea it, you dig all a of these bit. big words, though. Right. I mean, what what does it really boil down to? What it boils down to is how are we going to handle all of the problems that we had surrounding race as we move forward as a country? How are we going to educate? How are we going to educate? Because these are the questions we're asking, right? And that's what they were talking about there. And the general was responding to this thing about you know how this classes were being taught at West Point. But the question still stands, regardless of the side of the aisle that you're on. How are we going to teach our kids? Well, he got uh, some violent resistance from, uh, is it the Senator Matt Gat- Gates? Or, I, was, yeah, that is one it guy, Gates yeah, or Gates? Yeah, Gates. He was like, he was totally shaking his head and he was really flipping out on that yeah. stuff. But but the thing is, is that th- th- this is so apropos because you've got state legislators who are bringing up bills today right. to try to limit or some people say just curb or box in the discussion of race in schools, right? This is a very hot issue. Hot issue. And, you know, whether it's couched in the context of critical race theory, 
uh, whether it's couched in the context of uh, white rage, uh, whether it's couched in the context of education, uh, we always run into some pretty sensitive areas when we start thinking about how it is that we're going to address our painful past uh, as a nation. And the, the concepts uh, that we've always kind of been going back to are we want to get to the truth. Uh, we want to embrace reality no matter how painful it is. We had a show uh, last month uh, that I, I really think needed to be had where we started talking about why do we still even have race? Why do we check these boxes uh, on the cen- census? Uh, this was a system that was clearly designed to reinforce a system of slavery uh, and later on, uh, the aftermath of slavery, Jim Crow, uh, civil rights laws, all of these things are, they all boil down to a consciousness that says we have white and black people. And that has not scientifically been proven that we have white and black people. It has not scientifically had a basis uh, where you could take everyone that comes from any country in Europe and label that person with the, the term white. And take anyone that is of a brown skin that comes from the Caribbean, that comes from Latin America, that comes from Africa, anywhere, and say that person is black. Uh, these terms are false. I think that the thing that, it, to me, when I hear this discussion, I always come back to, okay, what's the solution? Because we've got people that talk about what they think is wrong. And they talk about that a lot. And that's really what critical race theory is about. It's basically trying to identify what they think is wrong. One of the the arguments people have against this whole notion of trying to teach critical race theory is that it doesn't give a solution. It says what's wrong, but it doesn't really say what should be done. Or maybe it suggests in a very broad way what some particular people think should be done. But it doesn't really get to a place where we can say, okay, what do we agree on? Because here's the place I go with all of this stuff. There are things we all agree on. Right. Why don't we just start there? Right. Why don't we just start with those things that we do agree on and then move out? I think that you could say, generally speaking, for most Amer- most Americans, I, uh, check me on this if I'm going to say this we wrong. We do not want to be a racist country. We don't want to be a racist country. I think we have a common exactly. common uh, <laughs> uh, allegiance there. Right, exactly. But do we really want? Do but we really not wanna, want to? People want to be fair. They at least they say they do. And then you can analyze a person. And then we, we were talking about this before, B. What are you going to do? Get in someone's head and say, oh, I don't believe that's what you really want. Yes. How can you do that? Well, well folks, uh, I don't think we've actually given a coherent definition yet of what critical race theory is. I'm and, not sure that we can. And one of the things is, is that this is the, these two words, CRT, critical race theory, have been bandied about considerably, uh, especially we did, recently. We did a show on it. Two, three years ago, we talked about it in depth, and I still don't really know what critical race theory is. Well, I don't know if we use that term, and I'm going to try to take a stab at it for you. We talked about it, but go ahead. Critical race theory is something that uh, I was exposed to for the first time at UC Berkeley uh, by an author by the name of Kimberly Crenshaw, uh, who had written a book about this. And uh, basically what it looks at is this. It defines political movements in the context of their being a power structure based on race. It looks at economic systems uh, in terms of race. It looks at social systems in terms of there being a dominant race uh, and that race as having a certain uh, fundamental lock on the power structure. But it, it has uh, a, it looks at things in terms of 
you hear the term a lot when you when you but then dealing with white male United superiority, white male this, but white male that, white male that. what does it say about United States of America? In other words, okay, that's great, and we've talked about this a lot. So that's the sort of ethereal, theoretical right. concept or notion or the philosophical school that it comes from. What's it say about the United States of America? What's the nuts and bolts of it for us as Americans? It basically says that if we look at our history, we are going to look at the history of white men dominating the world and white men being in control of everything that has happened uh, in the context of American society and that that is inherently something that is bad and should be challenged. But I and think it is a very narrow way to conceptualize our history. But I think that critical race theory goes beyond that when you hear – when you read the things that you read from people who say I am a critical theory expert or they're writing a paper about critical theory uh, – critical race theory, sorry. And it actually comes from the critical theory school of thinking, which again goes back to Karl Marx. And it's like a combination of Karl Marx, Sigmund Freud thing to talk about how do we get to the place where we as individuals live in the society and we're oppressed or not oppressed by the way we think and the way we write our laws and the way we do things. When you read what people are saying about critical race theory, a lot of times they're saying things like essentially, if you're white, you are part of the problem and there's nothing you can do to change it. Right. And if you're black, you are absolutely a victim and there's nothing you can do to change that either. It's it's almost like a school of thought that identifies something but then because of that way of thinking says we're always going to be that way and it can never be changed and right. there's nothing we can do to fix it. And two of the things you said I have a fundamental disagreement with. And I really don't think that there's any way any person is ever going to benefit from being limited right. in any way. Exactly. Or being told that your destiny uh, has any kind of a cap on it or be, or being told that you can't do whatever you want or that you're somehow not free. And as we've established on the show time and time and time again, and you and I say it all the time, you can't get inside someone else's head and decide what they think. Right. And even if you could, you're not going to get anywhere when you call them out on right. the thing that they say they're not thinking. Exactly. Not and you good. will never get any right. traction with any person right. by telling them that something is wrong with right. them. It's or or telling happen. them that yeah. something's wrong with their race exactly. or, that, yeah. or that they're a racist. It might make you feel good and it might make the people that you go to dinner with feel good, but it's not going to change anything. Right. And I really am strange about the concept of feeling good saying that because that would not make me feel good. No. And, and if I was going to dinner with somebody that would feel good saying that, I shouldn't be going. Anyway, there's too much there. We're going to take a very short break, but I want you all to think about one thing as we move into the break. When you look into the mirror, when you wake up in the morning and you look see? into the mirror... What do you see? What do you see? And are you a human being? Yeah. Are you black or are you white? But what are you? So-called black, so-called white. And we're going to follow up on that when we get back, folks. Yeah. We love you. Man, if the little the river band little can't, river if band. can't fix things for us, who can? I should put them in charge, man, straight away. I'm telling you. They're, not even, they're Australian, I think. Oh, are they? Are they yeah, really? they're Aussies, straight it's, about. It seems so American. It seems yeah. so uh, yacht rock. Yeah, so folks, as we move back and, and uh, we get back into the kind of the gist of, of this is really goes to the heart of, of why we even have this program. Uh, we were basically tasked to look at some uncomfortable issues, issues that may kind of be under the, under the surface, wedge, things that, that divide us. invisible wedge between us as Americans and, and Man, what this is a big separates us more than the concept of race. And, you know, if you even start to suggest to a person, guys... This is grass that we're eating. This is false. This is not right, true. Right, We've accepted right. it as real for our whole lives that there are white and black people. But it's not a distinction that really 
has any validity. And it is all tied to a system of social dominance that we are uh, putting in our rearview mirror and what gets uh, people, as a nation. And what gets people more crazy or more indignant than talking about what you are or aren't going to teach their children. Right. I mean, that's that's the heart of it right there. Right. You can tell somebody, I'm going to take all your money. You tell them, take your house. Okay, yeah, no, you should or shouldn't do it. But you start telling them, this is what we're going to teach your child. Oh, man, they're on top of the mountain. Right. You can't do that to me. You, How dare you? This is my child. You can't teach them that. And when you think about you the, how a kid learns, you what do, how do they right. perceive information? How do they learn? How do you I, I am convinced that, stuff, that you right? yeah. learn 90% of it. Uh, your your philosophy uh, from the dinner table, and you're learning from the elders in your family. Well, you're learning from the people who you are around that, you and you respect. But let's go back to the argument about flat Earth that I love to always bring up. So there are people out there that still believe it. They're walking on the street right now, right on the sidewalk, right outside the station. There's somebody out there that believes that the world is still flat. Do you want that guy teaching the kids? And if he is teaching the kids and you tell him, hey, man, I know you believe this thing. Uh, that's cool, whatever. But I want you to teach this part over here about, you know, you got this globe and here's the, you know, the Pythagorean. Yeah, he the, can't be teaching the flat then, earth right? to the kids. And how do you know that that guy is going to be talking? Hey, yeah, I know we say this globe, wink, wink, is really round, wink, wink. But, you, you know, you see, after you really don't. And once those children leave the nest, they're right. on their own and you don't really know what they're <laughs> yes, going to be taught when they, they once they get right. into the school. So it's legit to be brave. This up? It absolutely is. But folks, this is really the central question. What is the proper way to teach our children or not teach our or children teach about, about the concept of race? Yeah. Now, critical race theory is a confusing concept, uh, and I really don't think it, be, it lends to an easy definition. So we're going to simplify it and just say, what should we be teaching our children about race? My theory, which is a very unpopular one, is that we should be teaching them that it is crapola. It's a lie. It's a biological lie. It is lie, a right? gigantic mind hoax that has been levied on the entire world, the entire nation. Uh, it comes out of a system that we all realize was evil with regard to the branding of humans, the, the uh, making of humans as, as property who come from all over the world, uh, unilaterally branding them as black based on just their skin. And having no regard for where they, you know, the country, national origin, what region they're from. The the first problem someone's going to have with you saying that is they're going to say, but so you're just going to try to, quote unquote, whitewash the entire thing and get rid of it and make like it never happened, although there's still effects even today. I would say you have to teach history accurately. You have, but you have to say, look, this is a time when we were playing the wrong CD in our heads as a country. This is what happened and this is what we did. But we were playing the wrong CD in our heads. I that's like, just the, that's the analogy that I would use, you know. I like everything you're saying, but even that alone is an assu- you're making an assumption there. We're playing the wrong CD in our head. There are people who are going to argue about whether we were or weren't or whether that just even was a CD, but it was actually built into the system. I mean, again, right. we go back to this critical race theory thing. You've got take sit down a thousand people that call themselves a, an expert in critical race theory, and they're all they will all tell you something different. different. Right. And one of the things that they will generally say though is that it's so embedded in the system that you can't just take. And, it out. and I don't know if we if we can agree with that. Just saying that we've done things this way for so long, therefore yeah. we must do them forever. Right. Yeah, we must. I don't know if I agree and, with that. Or to say that the only way to fix it is to destroy the system essentially and start from scratch. And yeah, I don't new. know if I agree with that either. Got to got to be well because and here's the thing that you and I've said all the time. I say this all the time. 
the fact that things are better than, than they used to be is expressly the reason why our system is a great system. Look, we make mistakes. We have problems. We're humans. The you got to acknowledge it was a mistake, though. You acknowledge it was a mistake, but you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Right. You don't say that the entire system is broken and can never be fixed and or right. that it even really at a fundamental level needs to be fixed because here's the other thing. We have this set of laws. We have these rules. Now, whether the rules are followed correctly whether they're applied uniformly or equally is a separate matter. But I believe fundamentally in the system and the rules that we have. I believe it's essentially the best way it can be done of all the ways it can be done. Well, it's not perfect by any stretch. We're a young country, folks. Very and we're young. still in figuring the process of figuring right. it out. And this is one of the central issues that we're going to have to figure out. But back to my earlier question that I posed to everyone earlier. When you look in the mirror and you wake up, what do you see? You see yourself. Whatever conceptualization you have is going to somehow be different when you walk out of your door. Right. Because then you are looking at yourself not purely uh, as just this is my image, this is my – now you're looking at yourself in relation to your external world, in relation to the things around you, and in relation to the people around you. Now, here's what a supporter of critical race theory would say or a, a person who would espouse teaching critical race theory in schools. Here's what they would say about what you just said. They would say – Here's the problem with the way we teach our children. Whether you like it or not, because the way the system is designed, a person who is a person of color sees something wrong when they look in the mirror, and we have to go fix it. Well, that was not something that I would agree with as a man of color. I've been a man of color but for 52, 53 years. Say. They would say we have to go fix that for people. Now the question is begged. Can we fix it? Well, can that be well, fixed? Well, we can, but the idea from can, my perspective, I'll just I don't tell know, you. can we? We totally can. We can fix the way people think. Of course we and can. And how do we fix the way people think? We have to challenge. Uh, we have to just make folks aware. And it, it's not like you, you, you change a mind by guiding it or by – you simply shine the light on ah, the things. And so we, uh, the, there's such a magic in just, hey, in hey, words, hey, we're not going to judge you. Just be aware of this. In other words, we can't take one set of rules or one set of – I guess you could call them equations or maybe some sort of assumptions and then apply that and then hope that that's going to magically fix the way a bunch of people think. Is what you're saying. It just it doesn't happen it doesn't like a, there's no magical right, fixes. It doesn't happen overnight. And that's but the, the idea question. is we want to create a situation for our children where they're not shackled with the dehumanizing tags uh, of race and consciousness of race that have held us back. If, if you just say, okay, a person says I'm a, I'm a minority. Now, if I'm in my house, I'm going to feel just like Brian. Now, say I right. get on a bus and I'm the only black kid on the bus. I will become acutely aware of the fact that I, you know, I look different. If you're white, you probably haven't had that problem. If we drop you in Ghana right now, you will become acutely aware of your whiteness simply by virtue of your your situational Being awareness. Right. Yeah. But the idea Unless is, you completely are convinced from the very beginning that there is no such thing as race, like what you said before. So I love the analogy of flat Earth. Go back to that again. Take yourself back to the year 1300. We're teaching some kids in school in Europe somewhere, and we're saying, hey. I think that there might be some continents out there. But the kids look at you and they say, but the world's flat. How can there be other continents? <laughs> you have to teach the kids first that the world is right. round before you can then say, hey, there might be some continents out there. So it's the same thing, right? First, you have to say this biological thing that we've said exists is a lie. Right. It's not true. So and then maybe you go someplace and you say, 
hey, it's just like I'm wearing a different color of jeans. Wow. Well, folks, we're going to invite your discussion. Uh, we already have some folks that have called, and uh, we really want to hear from everyone. You don't have to have a degree in critical race theory. Definitely you don't not. have to we be don't. someone who calls themselves <laughs> we, we smart. Have no idea what it means. Really, the heart matters more than anything here. And the idea is we're uh, kind of having a discussion that uh, goes to the heart of a lot of things that we don't like to talk about. Uh, but we still want to know what you're thinking. How? What is the best way to approach this? Do we teach it at all? Right. I think that we can distance ourselves from the effects of injustice. And how do we? And still it? talk about it, right. but still be above the fray yes. psychologically. Yeah. We want to hear your thoughts. Uh, I'm giving the number. You can reach us at one eight hundred two 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 KBC one eight hundred two 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 five two 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 one eight hundred two 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 five two two two. We want to hear what your thoughts are. And uh, maybe you could teach us uh, a thing or two because right now, Jim and I are flat out (laughs) just, we are stumped, okay? We are just not sure at all. Things are changing and we just don't know which direction to change. I don't know. Uh, I I walked right into a wall the other day. (laughs) I'm just going to listen to a little, little river band. Oh man, it's funny that, that we picked the cheesiest good. song ever for this discussion it. today. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, we'll be right back, folks. We love you. <laughs> Welcome back, folks. We are AM Talk Radio 790. I am Brian Thomas Dunn Esquire, my best friend in the entire world. We got a hot one. Mr. James Oates. We got a hot one. And today. I have to tell you, this was his idea. You had a good one, brother. We got a hot uh, one. Well, how are we going to teach the concept of race uh, to our children uh, when they leave the home? What should be taught in what schools? What do we have to say about states that are writing laws right now that are going to try to limit or try to hem in in some way what the Board of Education's in these different places? We, right. we had this discussion before. This has happened time and time again. Over and now years. Uh, we're going to open up the discussion to you all. And folks, if you'd like to join the discussion, we're going to take everybody who calls today. 1-800-222-KBC, 1-800-222-5222. James, thank you for holding so long, brother. Dave, you're next. Welcome to a nation divided. We are dying to know what you think. Hello, James. You guys have way too much fun. You, you should be paying the station. <laughs> yeah, we do have fun. That's it is right. pretty fun. Right. Uh, you know, when it comes to us, having an issue with what our kids are learning. Um, we, we are the last ones to try to teach our kids the way it should be mm. because we're already ruined. I'm 60. Now, when you and say quite, we, you're talking about what is the age? Oh, like, older, at what age older, are you ruined? Because I'm American. 53 uh, and I, I think I'm probably ruined too. But uh, at, what, at what point are you kind of Straddling half ruined and half, you know, right. and you're in the middle. And yeah, when, you're, when, okay. do you, when are you not ruined? When do you still yeah, have a chance? you're probably screwed too, Jim. Is yeah, I'm totally ruined, yeah, but like at 20 <laughs> or 25 Well, or you know, well, you know uh, basically the fix for America's racial malaise and everything going on is the turnover of a couple of generations. You know, that is yeah. exactly 20, what my 82-year-old mom said. Let yep. the 20-year-olds and under alone. Wow. And because they will create a much better world, and let's not wow. try to advise them on wow. the way we think. And you in know, fact, it's happened. Who, right? it, it, when you really think about James, okay, there was a, a crisis that we just we had involving the George Floyd situation, and and that evoked a lot in, in the most painful way. It brought up a lot of these uh, these feelings. Who was holding the signs? It was younger white kids exactly. yeah. that in droves. 
All of said, these, this is and, and I, I'm sure they weren't taught black anything. Or white or whatever. It's it just was wrong. just wrong to them. And they, wrong. Yeah. The grandparents, the grandparents, and parents who have always tried to shape the minds of their younger ones are the ones who have kept this nonsense going. Wow. For 150 years. Wow. And we are, but you got to respect your elders, man. And you can't just. Well, I don't know. Some, do you know, everybody has that old uh, racist grandfather or uncle or somebody that, uh, you know, is out of the loop and completely, uh, well, that's Uncle Fred. I think every James, family think has an Uncle better? Fred. Think yeah. about this, James. Don't you think it's better? Like if you, so you said you're 60 now. Now, if you go back and think about, say, when your parents were in school or when your grandparents were in school and then look at the times when you were in school and then you look at the kids today, don't you think it's gotten better over time? Just, just this one particular issue of this discussion of so-called race, right? Like we talk about this thing. I love the way Brian says it sometimes, so-called black and so-called white, because that's really kind of is what it is. It's, but, but it's the discussion is really compromised. Yeah. If yeah, you keep exactly. saying that every time, go ahead. Yeah, right. Well, I think, I think back when we were in school and, and back in the day, schools wasn't trying to shape your mind socially. I don't think schools got into this social wow, shaping of minds until yeah. after Vietnam. Well, you know, I had a history teacher that told me. Way back in, it was, you know, ABCs and math. And I, I, James, stuff. I had a history teacher that told me that slavery was not that big a deal, uh, that it was overblown and that it wasn't that hard on on, right. on right. blacks and slaves. And he had a very rational. Yeah, and, and something it, well, taught me, like, why it. am I being told this? It seems weird. But that was something that a lot of his, you know, this was an older white guy, obviously, Mr. And, North. And obviously, imagine if you had someone teaching the, about the Vietnam War when we were kids and they had said, yeah, it was just this thing we did for a little bit, wasn't that big of a deal. It was, yeah. right, so you right. can't well, have well, that. But on the other with hand... All the new, with all the new things going on, you know, all the different groups that are now being uh, recognized and respected and, and given opportunities, uh, the uh, LGBT communities right. and all... Uh, all that's coming from the younger generation. Right. Well, James, listen, I got to move on. Thank you so much for calling, brother. Thanks, we really appreciate, appreciate hearing that. your voice. Really do appreciate that. Uh, folks, you can join the discussion at 1-800-222-KBC, 1-800-222-5222. Dave, we're going to talk to you now. Uh, Tony, you're going to be next. How are we going to handle this situation, brother? We are dying to know what you so, think. It's all about education, and I've got, I've got a huge thing going. I'm doing the um, Washington Jefferson Project. Uh-huh. Here it is, folks. Here's the long and the short of it. Critical race theory, and I'm getting the signal from your co-host that it needs to go, basically, and it does need to go because it's causing a lot of distortion right. in the minds of young people. And I want to refer you all, just, just do this later. Go to the California Teachers Association website and go down to the uh, post... It's, it's, um, you'll see it. It's, um, overt, rate, overt white supremacy. And then under that, they have, uh, in overt white supremacy. Uh, Dave, are you, are you a teacher? Are you, are you, let me just ask, yeah, are, you, Dave, are, you are you a you publisher? <laughs> well, I could have been. That was a goal. I thought I might like to be a teacher, uh, but I didn't go for that goal. Let me, let me give you what I'm going to tell you real quick. Okay. It's called, it's called the truth. It's called what? Thomas Jefferson and Washington really thought about slavery and what their goals were. And I found it from the horse's mouth, from Lincoln himself. By all means, Dave, tell us, please. The suspense is killing me, and i got to keep this thing moving. Oh. What, what's going on? Tell us. Get to the, get to the chase, please. Okay. So 
I have three volumes. I have three volumes. Two volumes of Lincoln's writings, solid. One one volume of Washington's writings, and I cross-referenced all this and did this research myself where I remembered Lincoln saying that Washington wanted to end slavery. Well, I found it, people. Number one, Washington uh, banned slavery in the Northwest Territories. He also had a general. His name is De Lafayette, and they were good friends. And there's a letter where De Lafayette is writing. These are all letters. It's amazing. You guys got to get this. Um, Washington's writing. He, he has a letter from... Um, All right, hold on, Dave. I got to stop you. I got to stop you. Because the reason why I got to stop you is the things that you're going into right now are very personal to what you've learned right. and what it is it's that you've studied. And, uh, you broadly. know, there, there's, there's a lot of folks listening and, and they just kind of want to know. We, we've got a central uh, discussion is what is being taught. What should we teach our children in schools? And you probably are exactly right. Historically, there are probably many things that... We don't know, and that are not accurately being told to us. I think what us. I'm hearing Dave say is kind of what we were saying a little bit earlier, which both you and I agree with, Brian, is that our system, for all of its flaws and all of its problems, is really a good system, and it's been trying to fix any problems that we've got for a long time, and it will continue to do that because we're not perfect. All right, right? and I did not want to cut you off midstream, Dave. Uh, I just want to let you know that we have to get some idea of exactly what it is that these folks are saying Tony from Santa Clarita. We're going to get back to you, Dave. Tony from Santa Clarita, talk to us. Hey, I started elementary school in 1971 in first grade, and it was just like this because the government was so embarrassed about what happened with McCarthyism and Vietnam and all the protests and the draft dodging and the, all that stuff, and they knew that the bicentennial was coming up in five years, 1976, so they were, like, so scared that our generation was going to be like those 60s people. It was just like this in school to get us to be, like, right. related. Right. And, and we had, like, radical teachers. We we had some weather underground teachers in our school. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and for those of you who don't know what the weather yeah. underground, they were a uh, political organization that did not follow the turn-the-other-cheek philosophy. Uh, they were uh, on the FBI's list from way back, and they established a philosophy that basically said, if you are not receiving uh, the type of treatment in terms of social justice, you should take it. Uh, you should plant some bombs. You should blow some things up. They were considered domestic terrorists then. Anyway, keep going, Tony. But the thing is, though, after the bicentennial, when we went back to school in September 1976, the bicentennial's over. The teachers told us, okay, it's all over now. All that stuff we've been doing, like two hours a day on all this American history, whatever, we're going to stop that, and now we're going to go academic. So it, it lasted for us in elementary school way too much history for our age. We're like first, second, third, fourth, fifth graders. Right. We're like way, way too much for us, maybe for older kids, but why us? And then after that, it was all academic. And so, then, Tony, what are you saying? Do you Are you saying that you think that the government is embarrassed of the issues of race and because of uh, that it's trying no, to hide it? They're embarrassed about Iraq. They're embarrassed about um, ah. uh, the police. They're embarrassed about they're uh, deflecting. ISIS. They, they, they screwed up yes. ISIS. All this, just like they screwed up Vietnam, <clears throat> McCarthyism is like the Patriot Act. You know, the, the, the surveillance, the NSA is like McCarthyism. All I kind of like what Tony's selling here well, because, I mean, there's got? a bunch of stuff that's being deflected right now that's probably way bigger than talking about critical and, race. And now theory, the right? 250th anniversary is coming in. That should be bigger than the 200th, and, and they they got to build up their reputation because if they don't, China and Russia is going to hammer them. Well, they Tony, let America me ask you this. Uh, 250 this is a... years and you're still screwed up or whatever. 
I, I remember the bicentennial. I, I was around during during that year, uh, 1976, and I remember the uh, all of the red, white, and blue that I saw. Uh, in terms of our nation, and like just take slavery for example, do you think that slavery should still be taught in a way that really talks about the reality of slavery? Uh, depend on what grade you're talking about. Yeah, not, not in point. elementary. Yeah, very good point. Good point. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. not in elementary school. They, they, they pushed it on us in first grade. It's like, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, because, you know, you start thinking about the idea of what that reality really was. And it was something that was so horrific that we really, uh, it, it, it is rated, not rated R, it's rated X. And the idea that this is so, such a big part of the way that things evolved uh, in our nation in terms of the, just the so, social hierarchy. Everybody now, talks about law enforcement. Uh, now, that, then, you know, here's every, the question I got for you, Tony. So should the government be involved at all in deciding what kids are going to learn? In other words, you've got boards of education. Their job is to kind of figure all this stuff out, right? I mean, they're going to pick the books. They're going to pick the authors. They're going to give the <laughs> teachers the syllabus. Should the government have any say in it outside of just picking the people that are going to do that job? Isn't that uh, that 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 woman that's married to Vince McMahon, the wrestler guy? She was head of education. She was like trying to change all this. She was trying to get rid of all that stuff. What's her name? Oh, I, oh, yeah, I don't DeVos know. is that the yeah. one? DeVos, Bess, yeah. Betsy DeVos. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she was doing that. She was trying to do it in reverse, though. Well, the idea is she had an ideology, and she was trying to to propagate an ideology. And I think what Jim is getting at is should we have our, our people in schools doing that? Well, it's like we pick people. So the government picks people to do the job of, like, deciding how hospitals should be run. And the government picks people to decide who would be the best general to run that division of the army. But the government doesn't actually make the decision on that general, right? right. They go to the experts to make that decision. Anyway, we're going to have this discussion for at least the rest of the show, folks. And we're going to take it into another direction when we come back. Ben, I know you've been holding it. It gets you yep, first after you guys, the break. We're going to get to you. And we'll get to anyone else who wants to talk about the subject. The general issue is how do we handle discussions of race when it comes to public schools, when it comes to the young minds that are seeking to learn American history? Is there a right answer? Is there a wrong answer? Is there an agenda? Is there a way you can talk about something How like this without an agenda? Thin that out? Right. And we love you so much, folks. Uh, we, you can talk to us I if you know, want. No. We're going to be around all afternoon. Welcome back, folks. As we talk about this very issue, this critical issue, critical race theory. Critical race theory. What uh, is it? It's sometimes hard it to simplify the discussion. Uh, we have a little bit of time, but we do want to hear what folks think in terms of how we should approach Handling these difficult subjects in How terms of education. Kids? How do we even get to this thing? I, I don't think that anyone would. I, I think I bet there's no one out there listening right now who would say we shouldn't talk about race at all in school. No one would say that. Everyone knows that that some some discussion needs to be had. Everyone knows that slavery happened. Everyone knows that there are injustices all the time. That even today, very this very day, are occurring simply and because see, of right. perception of race. Right. But. The question is, how do we get how do we get about it? How do we get about it? Uh, ben, thank you so much for holding. Welcome to A Nation Divided. Luke, you're going to be up next. We are dying to well, know I, what you think, Ben. Well, I, I think you can take the camera back a ways and apply the critical race theory to any power situation, whether it's religion or a wealth or education level. Yeah, that is, that is what I, critical we, theory does. Yeah, critical theory does that. And critical race theory is the application of critical theory to race. Yeah. I, like what you're saying, I heard uh, yeah. Kimberly Crenshaw disavow any application of this towards white people or anybody else unless you put in factors. So I think it's a good 
uh, formula framework to determine why there was a genocide between the Hutu and the Tutsi. They were both black tribes in Africa, but I believe that you use a power dynamic. One was a, a more upper class and the lower class rebelled. You saw this in the French Revolution where the the elite were incredibly oppressive. What's that you They're say, Brian, about, about if you for, if you do not learn history, you're you're destined to repeat it? Yeah. Those who yeah. do not learn history right. are doomed well, to repeat it. I would it. go farther and say you're destined to cover it up and go beyond what Hitler did, what Mussolini and Napoleon did. And I believe that the biggest critics of critical race theory are people who are actually racist, like like Mr. Cruz, like DeSantis, because they're not allowing any discussion, no fair discussion, just a biased, one-sided, unilateral censorship. But Ben, but don't, you, ben don't you think that one of the concerns that people have, though, is that you'll get a group of people, or maybe all teachers, and that's very broad, that will start to teach their own agenda. They won't just teach what happened or the facts or even say, here's a construct it's called critical race theory. Let's have a little discussion about it. But instead, they'll try to make that endemic to every other thing that they teach. Don't you think that's that that's a valid concern that we wonder what's the agenda that teachers and academia will have with kids? I think it's the other way around. I think that we're seeing it distorted. Even on this show, you're suggesting that always means that white people have to be viewed as the racist in all situations. That isn't true. It's not. Well, that's fair. that's not what we're suggesting. But that is a exactly lot of what, what you said. Well, what I said. Did you say that, Brian? I did not, I did say, not say it. Uh, what I said was that that is what many critical race theories theorists say. Uh, what critical the race theory basically does is it looks at things in terms of power. It looks at power dynamics and it looks at the institutions and it looks at structures. And it extrapolates that concept onto the idea of saying, well, this is a, a structure that is based on a cultural dominance and that is uh, simply the right. outgrowth of everything. And that is not necessarily something that I agree with, Ben. And, I, you know, if I uh, didn't make that clear, ben, I want to make it clear now. Ben, don't you think it's kind of dangerous, though, to get back to get to a place where we start saying that we think that if you are against critical race theory, you are a racist? And I, I understand that might be what you believe. And maybe if you and I were sitting around and having a cup of coffee and no one else is listening, maybe we might even say that. But don't you think it's dangerous to start trying to say, I know why you think the way you think? I I know why you're making this decision, and I don't need to know anything else. Don't you think that's kind of a bad place for us to get in terms of political discourse? I think straw men are really uh, dishonorable. I think you're doing this on purpose. I am saying the opposite, and you keep going back to the assumptions I'm contesting. I think it's even more dangerous to cover up history. Right. And when you have genocide in Black Wall Street, and it takes 200, 150 years to talk about it, I think the problem is the opposite. Well, this is exactly the discussion that we need to that be we having. Need to have, right? Because the reality is there's arguments that can be made on both sides, Ben. But I'll tell you one thing that I do agree with you with 100%. We have to teach our history without sanitize, sanitization. Right. We, we right. have That's to right. tell yes. the brutal truth yes. about what happened. But we have to do it in the context of saying, and I, I love this analogy, we had the wrong CD in our heads. That yes. We were playing the wrong music in our head at that time. We do not have to identify with that and make it our thing. Well, That was a different uh, time, and we 
we're operating under assumptions that were wrong. Our, our ancestors were operating under assumptions that were wrong, uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we don't talk about it. Here's all you got to do. You don't have to tell people that slavery – you don't have to tell your kids slavery was bad. You don't have to say it was bad. All you got to do is say there was this thing called slavery, and then there was a war to end it, and 620,000 right. people, soldiers, Americans were killed right. to decide that. When now, there were far less Americans. Yeah, 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 when there were far less men. It's pretty self-evident that that was a bad thing. Right. That's not good, right? Well, it, it's also just the factor of, of men enslaving other humans yes, and, and men course. making other men property. You say what things are unjust. You say the things that have been done, and then— Right. Let it be self-evident that that was unjust. But I think, and what do you say about this, Ben? I think one of the most important things we heard from a caller today was what age. And the idea oh, yeah, is these concepts right. really shouldn't come in, and I don't think until the college level or even graduate level, because when you're at the elementary school and you're dealing with basically, you know, those fledgling minds, <laughs> it's impossible pens. not to have some kind <laughs> right. of agenda if you're exposing yeah. them to these ideas. Yeah, what do you yeah, think yeah. about that, Ben? Oh, would we say that about the Holocaust? Absolutely not. You're completely wrong. My mother was an educator. If you don't teach these things, even preschool, the kids are actually going to start acting it out. There's so much research behind this. You need to get experts on your show. This is a huge topic. But we haven't talked about this since, like, never. And there's never been discussion of any real racial issues during the 60s or 70s when I went to school. People were a lot more open and honest and comfortable. I believe that a lot of racial division came in the 90s with the OJ reporting, the the uh, the um, the Willie Willie Lynch, uh, the, uh, the the uh, Bush campaign. I saw a lot of division coming after that. But even in the, the Willie, I, I think you might have meant Willie Horton. You might have meant Willie Horton. Even in the Woodstock era, there were no real discussions of the effect of of history on today. Even when you saw industries such as the music industry, almost 100 percent white, no black artists on MTV till Michael Jackson's Thriller. You're going to tell me that's by accident? Give me a break. Great points, Critical Ben. Race. Ben, do not go anywhere. Don't do go not anywhere, go ben. anywhere. Yeah, We're going to put you on a hold. We got a high school principal on. Don't go anywhere, Ben. Luke, uh, Hello, I, I'm Luke. so happy we got yes, an educator because, an as yes, Ben said, I think us. we probably need on? to hear something from an expert. We ben, got a little bit of time before the hour, but we want to talk to. But we want you to talk to us, Luke. How how are we getting this wrong? Hey, well, I'm hearing a lot of good things. Uh, I come from a slightly different perspective than the previous gentleman. Uh, we approach race from a Christian perspective. It's Pacific Lutheran High School in Gardena. Uh, so we look at racism being one sin among many, mm. uh, and we address it You know, when it occurs. Uh, what we don't do is try to rewrite history. Right. Uh, there's been a host of sins and racism amongst all cultures. Africans right. sold Africans, and Arabs yes. sold Africans, and Native right. Americans right. enslaved each other, and uh, whites and, have nas- too. and nationalism can be could be just as bad a thing as racism, if right. not more. Yeah, right. and uh, I guess the one argument is there's lots of people that get very offended about slavery. However, they're pro-choice, and if you look at all of the arguments for uh, pro-abortion. They're slavery arguments. Uh, they're not a real person. It's going to drain the economy. You can do what you want with your own property. So we have a paradox that people get, you know, their panties in a bunch on issues of race, and they're the ones saying that women have a right to abort a fetus. 
And so we just, at our school, look at the intellectual dishonesty well, well look, uh, consistent with our winter view, uh, our worldview. Your your school is is I believe I gather it, it's a Christian, uh, it's a faith based uh, school. Is it a private school or is it a public school? Uh, it's a private school. So I mean, every school has faith. Just some have scientism and some have secularism and no. some have humanism. Luke, I'm really I'm curious about one thing in in particular. Let me ask you this really quick. So we're going to go to break uh, very quickly, but I want to ask you this question right now and stay with us regardless. If the state of California wrote a law today that said that you can't teach critical race theory and it has to be this, this, and this in the state of California, would that apply to you as a private school? Would not. Okay. No. Yeah, there you go. I just wanted to know that. And, and so that's interesting because that's what we're going at here. I mean, there's multiple states. I was looking at the list of like right. 14 states with legislation on the uh, proposed right and now. And the parents that are sending their children to Luke's school know that they're going to be exposed to these ideas. Right. They know that there's going to be a, a discussion of abortion that may not be consistent with uh, what is politically correct now. They know that right. there's going to be some discussions right. of, of right. probably creation. Luke, thank you so much for calling. Uh, we're going to have to take yeah, a, a take short a break. break here at the yeah, hour. I really appreciate Anytime I hear an educator, I say thank you for your oh service, gosh, just yeah, like I absolutely. hear uh, someone from the military. That's wonderful to hear your voice. On the ground level. Trying right. to figure out how, not only what do we teach the kids, but how do we teach it to them? Right. We're going to continue the discussion after the break, folks. Uh, we have to take a uh, break here at 4 o'clock, but we will be right back unpacking these we issues. We will be back. And if you don't have your hair standing up just a bit, we're not doing our job. Top of the hour, too. Yeah. Thank you, folks. I am Brian Thomas Dunn with my best friend in the free world. I almost called you James Universe again. James it's James Oates. Universe. I like that, man. <laughs> I want you to stick with that. James Universe. How are you feeling, man? I feel good, man. I really do. I feel like if I was going to be in the World Wrestling Federation, I think my name would be James Universe. <laughs> I like that. James <laughs> Universe. So, folks, we're talking about race and the concepts of race. Uh, and, the, you know, how are we going to move forward? I think that uh, we've kind of reached a universal consciousness that the idea of slavery was wrong, uh, that we don't want to be a nation we don't uh, be that a has an apartheid races. way of thinking. We, we want to be a, we, we want equality. I think all normal, ordinary Americans walking down the street would say, yeah, I want things to be equal. Yeah, right. I want things to be fair. Of course. Now, you can try to get in their head and say, well, but you bought that plane ticket the other day and that was a corporate take over blah 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 and so you really right. don't want the, you can try to get in their head about every little thing that they do but at the essence i think most americans want us to be a good place decent fair you know equitable the question is how do we get there well uh there's just one little wrinkle in that lofty tale that yes. you just told us and, and this is. is something that occurred to me and and back when we were uh, doing some shows uh, kind of at the beginning of the trump administration uh, we were uh, actually having some folks call in, and you, you guys don't understand it. Any, any call, any person that calls in at any time is part of our collective consciousness. Absolutely. Me and Jim, we think about uh, what you're saying, yep. and we we deeply, really want to understand how everybody's uh, because where, where everybody's coming answer. from. Therein lies the answer, because if you believe in our system, if you believe in our democracy, right. if you believe in the way we do things, everybody's got a thought. We all kind of come together and sort of mesh together. And eventually, sooner or later, what do we believe? The truth comes out. It always comes it to always the surface. It always comes to the surface. Eventually, sooner or later. It always comes to the surface. But the, the idea is that we had a lot of folks saying that white Americans generally, or self-identified, people who identified themselves as white Americans, 
they were starting to have some anxiety uh, around the Obama administration because the, yep. there was this idea that we're losing the country. Yep. Or there was this idea that... What do they call it? The wave? Something about the wave. Like the wave, something, the wave of color or right. whatever, washing of the tide or there was some term they used, yeah. And, and I have to say that when I look at some of the, uh, the organizations that uh, are uh, espousing the right-wing point of view, it, it, it does seem that many of these organizations seem to hone in on that concept of white fear or hone in on the concept of you're losing the country or hone in on that concept. And I'm wondering, I want somebody that's to what, prove me wrong. That's what you get here. I'm wondering, I want somebody to prove yeah. me wrong. Is yeah. this one of the reasons why race is Here's being propagated? Did. Here's what you Because did. there is such a, um, a situation you, 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 you can you really get, leverage you power critical with race theory, people talking about that on Fox News and on the right. And they're talking about critical race theory needs to be taken out. It's a bad idea, blah, blah, blah. You get people on the left and people on CNN saying the reason Republicans are talking about critical race theory is because they're using it to shore up their base. So then, but, but are, they have is to CNN say that to not shore, using it to shore up its base, yeah, you, right, you know, exactly. in, the, in reverse. CNN shore up their base, right, exactly, yeah. So, I mean, you kind of wonder. It, clearly, it, that has to come into the discussion every single time we come to a major turning point like this where there's going to be some big discussion. It's going to come up. Are you doing this because you want political power? Are you doing this because you want to make money? Or do you really want to make a change? Well, here's the thing I say about that. It doesn't matter right. why it got brought up. Right. It got brought up now. We do have to address it. We do have to answer the question. We do. And, and the idea is – such a great point, Jim. And, and, and the idea is well, thank you, we believe – I believe race is a hoax. I believe that there are no white people and there are no black people. And it's just something that we keep perpetuating generation after generation uh, based on the inertia of our past. But we don't have to keep doing that anyway. That's a discussion that kind of precipitates this. Doug from West Hills, I want to thank you for holding. Welcome to A Nation oh. Divided, brother. Hello, Doug. Talk to us. Okay, well, I, I listened to the first part of your show, and then I had to run some errands and came ah, back. Oh. Uh, congratulations you, on missing. I'm discussing with you, Doug. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> right on time. the highlight of my day, no doubt. But um, when, when you were talking earlier about the, the CRT, right. um, I think everybody agrees that racism is bad. What I didn't hear from you guys is what's your definition of racism? Because well, I think that's where the divide lies, is you have something universally accepted as bad, and then people are trying to cast it into a way that allows them to manipulate the system to well, get political Doug, outcomes. He's really nailing it. Doug yeah, is nailing it yeah, right but now. now but, Doug, yeah. but Doug, do you really think that that's the issue uh, revolving around this critical race theory discussion about teaching kids and what you're going to teach kids in school? I mean, yeah, I get you on the racism idea. And we've actually done a lot of shows on that and talked about what is racism really. And there's been a lot of sort of mission creep in the usage of the term. But critical let, race theory, though. Let me help you with this. Help okay. me. Because I'm not well, sure. I, I'm not well, I was exposed. Critical race theory would hold that you, could, you can't be racist unless uh, you're white. That is what it would say because it, it looks at everything in the context of power. And that the word racist just by and, by and of itself denotes power. So... If you're around a group of, of black folks that are saying the most bigoted things, that are saying the most race-based things, the critical race theory as a concept would say those black people, even though they are totally being bigoted, they would not be called racist because they can't be called racist because the overall system is one that 
favors okay, another you, another. But, let me help you but out with I, I think that's I think yeah, that's but, crap, but, though. But, I, I do have to say I, I think I that's you, crap. But let me let me help you out now. Let me go back. Okay, let's say you get everybody to agree on the definition of racism, exactly what it is. I'm talking about down to the numbers. You still come back to this question of, okay, so now we have this critical race theory concept or idea, and are we going to teach it to the kids or not? If so, how are we going to okay, teach it? And does the I, state... Can I, can I jump? Yeah, can I jump please, Doug, please. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. okay, my my definition of, of racism is really simple, which is it's policies or opinions where you attribute specific characteristics to somebody solely because of their skin color. And if you believe that is the definition of racism, then critical race theory is racism because right. the exactly. mere term exactly. I get that part. Yep. is attributing characteristics based on skin color. If that's verboten, you don't have to debate CRT. You need to refocus right. on what is racism. It's wow. bad. It needs to be banned no matter what it is. Okay. Doug, I'm going to bounce this off like you. Tell me what you think. That. My belief of racism is a person that is racist believes that all men are not created equal and that their race is superior to another or all other races. That is my definition. It is uh, someone who does not believe that all men are created equal, that their mm-hmm. race is that it's that simple. And I don't think you have to be white to be racist. I think any person of any so-called race can fall into that definition. Well, I still go back to that place and all the shows that we've done talking about this and all the reading that both you and I have done on this, Brian, is I go back to that place of racism, at least what we call it today, is a thing that started out as this sort of scientific false construct in science as a way to explain away some right. actions that were taken at some point politically. It happened to be the United you States of America. You can't have a point. system where you're enslaving people right, right. without having a false when, idea of you, the uh, when you humanity. Have, you yeah. can't have a system when you've got uh, slavery in a system that says all men are created equal without having a way to explain why you're doing it. Right. right? And so, I mean, for me, that's what that is. But I still come back to, Doug, though, the thing of I kind of like where you're going and maybe flesh this out a little bit more then. So if you're if I'm understanding you right, critical race theory just simply goes away then, because if we if we really get tight about our definition of racism, then it would be sort of obvious. Is that what you're saying, that we wouldn't even use CRT? Yeah, Okay. exactly. In other words, if racism is attributing characteristics to people based on skin color and racism is bad, then any doctrine that relies on attributing characteristics to people solely based on skin color is bad. Well, well, the characteristics have have to do with inferiority, though, because you you could say, okay, all uh, Mexican folks like tequila or they all, you know, like tacos or whatever Mexican food it is. That's not the same as saying that I am better than this person. And the idea of just ascribing a characteristic okay, so just by and of itself. Negative characteristic. Okay, okay well, there you go. Right. There you go. All right, but then, Doug, let's, let Doug, let's say this. So now let's just – matter of fact, take your position where you are right now. I think I hear where you're at. So mm-hmm. in your position, you've got – say you've got a board of education or a group of teachers who decide, yep, we want to teach this critical race theory thing. That's what we want to do. What are you going to do about it? You're a legislator. What do you do about it? Do you write a law? No, I, Is it the position of the state to do that? To write I a law? So. Do, do you that, think so? That okay. any, and that, now, if you teach it at, a, let's say, high school or college level and you teach pros and cons, then that's, of course, okay. Just like right. you can teach, 
you can teach Mao as long as you're teaching pros and cons of Mao and how it was implemented and how it was used. Right. But if you're gonna if you're gonna talk about critical race theory, you need to do it in the context of a course on racism and use it as an example of modern day racism. But are yes, we going and to- I don't think it should be taught in a sense of this is it, it, this is just one viewpoint. Uh, there are no, so yeah. many different viewpoints, but I don't think that it should be taught as this is the, this but is correct. Are our legislators going to micromanage every single thing that is taught every well, single is. way in every yeah. single school in every district in their state? Well, well if you have twenty million dollars, you can parents. send your kid to a private yeah. school, <laughs> and that's about how much it costs to send your <laughs> kid to right. a private school right now, folks. We're going to take yeah, a very short break, break. Doug. Don't, don't go us. anywhere. Don't go anywhere, uh, folks. If you'd like to join the discussion, uh, we can be reached at one eight hundred two. 222 we will hear you. And we, we will. will let you speak. We and will not we cut will. you off. I know. But sometimes <laughs> you just got to keep it popping, <laughs> brother. Got to keep it popping. Pop we want to know. Call us. <laughs> we do. He, he's talking to the uh, right. Bob's big boy haircut wielding uh, Mark Gates, uh, who is, he has been uh, kind of one of the outspoken critics of this discussion. Uh, I'm not exactly sure why it's ba- it's a bad thing. I tend to agree with everything the general just said. Right. On the other hand, you, again, you got to go back and say, okay, well, what's wrong with also questioning this thing too? So you've got a lot of states that are writing legislation, and then you go on, and I, you know, I'm usually I read a lot of Vox.com. You do too, but then you read like a Vox article, and it goes into this thing about the only reason this is being done is because uh, uh, Republicans you know, have a racist I, I, agenda. I, I, blah, I blah, forgot blah. how to read during the Trump well, administration, so I don't do any more reading. But my point, my point is just as my point is just to say, I know you're going to agree with me at least on this point. <laughs> Is to say that you have a lot of political grandstanding on both sides. Right. And so – It seems like always. What's wrong with somebody writing or even maybe talking about writing a piece of legislation that just simply says, I don't think that we should teach our kids that one race is more or less. I don't right. think that we should have any, especially in the grade schools, have right. anything that says that – because you are white, you need to be informed that you are inherently racist because you're in a, a system at blah, blah, blah. And on the other hand, just like you said, says because you're black, you've always been oppressed and you can't get up and it's just the way it's going to be unless we change. No, I mean kids well, should be exposed to that, it's right? It's kind of hard though, I mean, because a lot of the, the developments in my consciousness happened in my 40s and 50s. Yes. And these are things that as a kid you don't really necessarily have the ability to separate yourself from uh, your identity, your cultural identity, and understand this. Well, that might be true. But then, in fact, I would make the argument that one of the best things that we could probably do for kids is send them to school and let them just simply be there together. And, yeah, they're going to have all these influences from the outside world. But try to just let them all go on the playground, play together. And they're all going to do – kids are going to do bad stuff. They're going to do mean things. The Lord of the Flies are always going to have their bad stuff because we're human beings and we do bad things. But try to just let them be for a minute. Well, I think that you're nailing some very important points, and I think that if you watch children at a young age, yes, they haven't yet learned that they're not supposed to like or this dislike. person or that yeah, person. And right. if you remember back when you were that age, it was just, could you play? David yeah, Kim play? was not a yeah. Korean guy. He had a exactly. jump shot. We liked him because he had a jump shot, right? And he, we would, our team would always win because we throw it out to David Kim. I didn't realize until years later, David Kim was Korean. Uh, oh, 
he was just one of us. You go back to when you're a kid and they're like, well, they, they say there's the black guys over there, but they're not black, they're brown. Why do they why do they call them black guys? Right. What's, what's, what's that mean? That's like, that doesn't mean anything. That's crazy. Yeah. Ricardo, uh, thank you so much for holding. Uh, welcome to an Asian divided brother. We will not cut you off because we are dying to know what you think. Hello, can you hear me? We can yeah, hear we you just you. fine, brother. You sound great. All right. I, um, had to talk. I'm in the car. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I I think that general is an idiot. I was going to talk about the critical race theory in schools, but I, I do not believe they should be teaching that to young children at all. And um, why not, Ricardo? Well, they're teaching victimhood to black kids and trying to, uh, it appears that they're trying to, you know, make the white kids feel guilty for nothing something right. they've never done they've, they've never owned slaves they never will right and uh, that is one of the arguments that everyone uh has been saying for years and the idea is you're absolutely right uh victimhood is never going to be good to teach a person and never. it's never going to be good to teach a person that there's something wrong with you or the worst thing i think you can call anybody i really think is racist it, it used to be communist in the 50s, but sure. I think now, because of all of the emotion that, that that word evokes, labeling somebody with that word is really an unfair thing to do to that person. But, but then, Ricardo, what's, uh, go, so skip forward. Let's all say that we agree in elementary school, middle school, high school even, but now skip forward. You've got this general. He's talking about what be, what's but being But he's talking about West Point. Point. Right. These, are, co- these college, are college right? kids University, at West yeah. Point. So at that point, Ricardo, what's wrong with what the general said? I don't uh, – well, well, first off, I've never been in the military, but I have a lot of friends that are in the military, and you are a cohesive group. It doesn't matter what race you are, what religion you are. You're fighting for the same thing, hopefully America. Right, and right. it's just it, it just to have any split second of oh, I wonder if he's on my side or if he likes me or hates me. It, it's wrong. Uh, I went to a black church, predominantly black church, for over thirty years. There's a lot of racist black people. I have a I have more black friends than most black people do, and I hang out with them. I hear what they say. They don't even you know think about saying things in front of me, and it, it kind of. It, it actually made me laugh, but yeah, just to think that racism is just about white people being racist—that's baloney. Right. Everybody has some of it in it, and every human being is prejudiced. And All I would agree with that as well. To, to prejudge, that's what prejudice means. We do it every day. Right. But now, is that Within, something? But Ricardo, do you, do you agree that that's something that we don't want as a society that we'd like to try to wipe out? And then, if so, how do we yeah, get about teaching think, kids in a way that gets rid of it? Well, I, it depends how you teach them, and I think it, it really falls on the parents, uh, not Good necessarily point. teachers. You know, I mean, a lot of things uh, parents have given up teaching their kids, and they're you know letting the schools take over and social media. Uh, but this yeah. is one of the things that I took away from what the general said, I, I, and the way that I was looking at his his words was, we have a job to do, and the job to do is to protect America. Right. I, I have to have an un just a completely unfiltered idea of what possibly could attack us. And if I have to delve into a thought process that I think is somewhat uh, disgusting to me in order to be able to defend this country and in order to figure out where they're coming from, then I'm going to do it. It doesn't mean, I don't think that he was saying that we teach this because we think it's right. 
I think he's saying we teach this because we need to learn the tactical thought process of, of a potential threat to the nation. And the example that he used was the, uh, the storming of the, of the White House. But the, this first happened, I think, with Timothy McVeigh. Now, I, I don't know if you all remember Timothy McVeigh, but he, he is credited with uh, the worst act of domestic terrorism uh, ever, the Oklahoma City bombing. And, and he was a big-time white supremacist. He was a big-time uh, person who, he read a book, and he, if you know the, the, the philosophy, he read a book called The Turner Diaries, and he was uh, getting a lot of propaganda that was basically saying that, you know, white men are being victimized. And all of these ideas were kind of in his head uh, when he decided to do this horrible thing. So I think that the general might have been looking at it in terms of national security as opposed to, you know, politics. What do you think, Ricardo? Well... Timothy McVeigh was a sixth individual. I, I have no idea what you're talking about with the Turner Papers or whatever. He, he, he was a big white supremacist. He, he was a psycho. He's a psycho. Yeah, people like that should be wiped off the face of the earth. But I, uh, that reminds me of uh, what you're saying about attacking the Capitol. If I could wave a wand, I would free 98% of those people. Yeah, there was probably some bad actors there. But that guy that wore the horns and went in and took pictures and you know, hundreds of other people that were in there, uh, the way that they are punishing them and letting all the people go that burnt down cities and police departments and the entire uh, Melrose and Santa Monica. And, you know, that nobody was even charged for that. Yet they're going to charge people that uh, walked into the I, I'm a criminal lawyer, uh, Ricardo, and I can tell you that some people, were, some people yeah. were in fact charged with those crimes. Yeah. That If you're being told that they weren't, that is not accurate. Yeah, not accurate. Um, yeah. But the idea is, and we don't want to get into, was it right to storm the Capitol or was it not right? The idea is, and thank you so much for calling, Ricardo. Yeah, thanks for calling, Ricardo. Uh, the idea is, if you're looking at something for the purpose of, I need to understand the way this thought process works to do my job, it's different than... I'm exposing myself to this thought process for the purpose of indoctrination. Uh, folks, we'll take your calls. If you'd love to talk to us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at 1-800-222-KBC, 1-800-222-5222. As we mosey on through the hour, trying to really get to the bottom of the things that cause us to look at each other as other. As other. That's really what it is, folks. I don't see you as another. I don't see you as another. <laughs> We're going to be right back. Welcome back, folks. We are AM Talk Radio 790. You're listening to KBC. This is A Nation Divided. I'm Brian Thomas Dunn, my best friend in the world, Mr. James Oates. Yes, we are here. Talking about all these issues, but the, the concept of critical race theory, CRT as it's called, has kind of been a buzzword as of late. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's very difficult to ascribe bandied any kind of a definition. It's been around. Bandied. Yeah, bandied. CRT. Hey, but the idea is it looks at, at a way of, of conceptualizing the events in this country in terms of, of a white male dominance, basically. Hey, and it's theory, and, I, it's, it, and it's, it's, theory. it's just it's one theory. Yeah, it's like one theory. You know, it's stuff out there, you know, talk about it at the college level, you know, maybe it's interesting, maybe Could for be. a dinner party. But should you be is, teaching that to kids? Yeah, no. That's the question. All right. So, Jackie, we're going to get to you in just one moment. Robert from San Diego, thank you so much for calling A Nation Divided, right, brother. You got some opinions on the subject. Yes, uh, it's gaslighting children. Uh, CRT is what it is. It's critical. Yeah. And to uh, inundate a child's innocence with critical matter. Yeah. Yes. 
utterly incomprehensible from my perspective. Well, Robert, you know, I have to agree with you. And this is a timely subject, folks, because a lot of bills are being passed all over the nation by legislatures uh, who are basically concerned about what Robert just said. I think the count, the last count I have is like 14 or they've 14, 21, 21 different states have identified within the last two months. I mean, this is really recent stuff. Right. And, And the idea is I was exposed to that at Berkeley. So I was like 18 years old, 19 it's way different than if you're in the third or fourth grade saying those kinds of things. It seems to me like there's yeah, not this agreement. The tables. Yeah, what's that, Robert? Say that again. Go ahead. What do you say? I say after the children are taught uh, multiple ca- uh, multiplication tables. Right. Well, and that's what we were saying earlier. Brian and I were talking about, you know, just teach them the basics, right? But then, of course, you've got to teach history. And then if you're going to teach history, then there's going to be our version of history because you can't get around it. We were talking about World War II history, right? Right. We don't read World War II history from the perspective of the Japanese. We don't even read it from the perspective of the British. Right. We certainly don't read it from the perspective of the Russians. We're reading American version of World and War II history. And we teach what we taught because exactly. we won the war. Yeah, because we won and the war. And the idea is if we had not won the war, we, a lot of our generals that are heroes would be war criminals and would be looked at as the bad guys because the person that wins writes the history. But it seems to me that maybe our big problem here is that we don't have any agreement on what we are as America. In other words, what are we? What are we good at? What are we bad at? What is the value of America? That's a good and, point. and I think that might be kind of the heart of this thing. I mean, I don't know. What do you think, Robert? Do you think that the thing about teaching CRT or not teaching CRT really boils down to a do I think America is right or do I think America is wrong as a way of doing things? Well, that's a toss salad uh, at best with me. Ah. Said, However, toss salad. <laughs> I like that. Keep going, Robert. Toss we love salad. you, man. Keep going, brother. One, Keep like going. That. Go. However, uh, this, the whole CRT uh, ethos to me is uh, a blatant gaslighting. Right. Uh, I have one question to ask you, gentlemen. That incident in, uh, what was that, 1916 in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma? Yeah. What ignited that explosion? I don't know what the catalyst of that was. What he's talking about is this was a, a, it was called a race war, but really what it was was a a wholesale slaughter uh, of an entire community of what were very well-to-do African-Americans. Yes. uh, And they were, they were like really Mm well-to-do. And there were, this was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and they had uh, uh, a block that they were living on and it, it was just destroyed and, you know, hundreds and hundreds were killed. This is not something, obviously, that hardly anybody was ever taught uh, in school, uh, but it just represents an example of some really ugly history, uh, and should that be taught? Yeah. And And are we perpetuating it by teaching it? But the idea is we have to teach the history, in my opinion— but that doesn't mean that we have to identify with it. And what, we don't and we don't have to necessarily build into it the reasons why it right. ended up that way. Like one of the things that never gets talked about is that thing that happened down in New Orleans in like eighteen ninety one. I got it up here right now. I was just thinking about it when he brought it up. And where you had Italian Americans, Italians who were lynched in yeah. New Orleans. Now you usually think of that being something that was a sort of like They a would call them a wop. You white. could get hung, exactly, man. You would get right? hung. Anyway, Robert, keep going, man. I've been cutting you off. Keep going. Tell us about this. Do you think that they should teach the Tulsa incident in school? Uh, no, uh, but there was a flashpoint. I mean, it just didn't suddenly show up one day. You know, 
I don't know. And I have to tell you, I know that there was a rate, like when Jack Johnson uh, won the heavyweight championship of the world, mm-hmm. and yeah, that there was, point. that was the catalyst for some serious race, you know, racial violence. Right. But I, in terms of that thing, I just don't know, Robert. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know. Do you? Myself? No, I don't, uh, unfortunately. Well, uh, however, uh, it's really hard to critique that moment until the uh, dichotomy. Obviously, there is a dichotomy. Well, here's that. the point. Here's the bottom line, Robert. I mean, so I think you say probably don't teach CRT. CRT is, a, a, like you said, gaslighting. But do we teach race at all? Do we talk about race at all with children? And if we do, what do we say to them? Wow, that's, uh, that, that is a thought process. I mean, to uh, unpack that type of history. Right. Uh, but what about slavery? But I mean, how do you teach slavery without talking? How do you done. teach slavery? you got to cross that bridge somehow. And so well, then well, we also have to cross it in a way that we can agree on, right? I would start, I would start at the infle- inflection, uh, inflection point, which is Africa. They were the uh, first ones to... Uh, introduce uh, slavery to the modern world. Well, you know, that that has been the subject of debate, but the idea is when we start talking about how all of this happened in America, it is part of our history. And Correct. I don't remember being taught a lot of details about slavery when I was a kid, but this movie called Roots, it was actually, it yeah, was a biopic. Right, yeah, right, when Roots came out. No, like, when whoa. Roots came out, that was... You're like, holy cow. Really how That's I got real? my education. We're, yeah. we're going back to 76, probably 77 around there. Alex Haley wrote a book about Roots, but really what it was was it was a just 3D virtual reality immersion in the life of, you know, with with no uh, punches pulled. You saw folks getting beaten. You had a lot of torture scenes. This was something that really taught me about this subject, but it also caused a lot of anger. And the idea is that we hadn't been told that this had been happening before. Nope. And it, it was none of it was historically inaccurate. But uh, Robert, thank you so much for calling us, brother. We really appreciate you. Uh, the idea is 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 that the way to immerse a child uh, a child's mind? I couldn't have been more than ten years old when I saw that. Well, you start with this idea: of, Are we going to tell children that the whole darn thing's broken and messed up and just forget about it all, or are you going to try to tell them, "Hey, we got a really good thing going here. The United States of America is a great place to be." Blah blah blah. And then you got people that are going to say, "Well, that's just a bunch of propaganda, too." I mean, the point is, is that how do you get at getting our kids to a place where they can end up being that nineteen-year-old going to Berkeley? And have some really interesting, cool, unique, great thoughts and come up with their own ideas and move us forward. Uh, we talk about innovation. Innovation only comes from that sort of free thought concept. But you, that was not absolute anarchy of thought, right? I mean every person that has ever innovated, they had a foundation. They had a base. I mean it's all – for all civilizations. So the question really comes back down to again, how do we cross this bridge with our kids because we – it seems that it seems that we have to do it. I don't right. know. We asked that question earlier. Do we even have to do it? I don't know. Uh, Linda from Burbank, thank Hello, you Linda. so much for calling. Welcome uh, to a nation divided. I add, you know, to the critical race theory. Uh, I heard that when uh, Juneteenth, you know, became a national holiday, all of a sudden, you know, mayors, you know, in California and other blue states you know, wants to give out reparations, you know, to black people. 
and uh, the uh, the um, LA City Council member Mark Ridley Thomas. You know, he's he's starting to claim systemic racism. You know, and each year he's going to up the, he's you know he's going to up the ante of systemic racism. So what I kind of hear you saying, Linda, is you're saying so you've got the, and we've talked about this a little earlier in the show is that you've got critical race theory as this idea, but then you have to say, okay, now what are we going to do about it? What are going to be the actions that happen after you agree or disagree with critical race theory? So what you're talking about, if I'm hearing you right, is that you think critical race theory leads to wanting something. You know, what action are you going to take? Is that what I'm hearing you say? What, what I heard, you know, um, you know, Mark really Thomas is claiming systemic racism, and as the year go year goes by, he's going to up the ante. Well, I think of that, systemic racism. That's probably part of the problem, right, Brian? Is that people think it's a slippery slope. People think it, you it do is. this one thing, and then you're going to this is going to lead to something else. And and the reality is, there's a lot of folks on both sides of the aisle that are using these concepts for political leverage. Without a doubt. And it's not about trying to bring the country together. And Without it's not about trying to, uh, to tear down the walls that have separated us. Uh, it, what it really is, is it's being used to reinforce those walls by saying, number one, uh, you should be angry for this reason. Uh, this is what's wrong. Uh, and it's these people that aren't you these others that are responsible right. for it. And we and know that there are people out there that are having dinner parties and they've got to have the critical race theory discussion. If you don't agree with the critical race theory thing, you know you are not going to be invited back to dinner. That's right. just, that's, that's gonna <laughs> I mean, they're going to say, I don't want to talk to you exactly I mean, because you don't believe in CRT. And you know, that's one of the problems. Uh, Linda, I want to thank you so much for yeah, calling. Thanks for calling, Linda. Uh, we're going to have to take a short break in a minute, but that was one of the things I learned at Berkeley is that you, you if you didn't at Berkeley? think if you didn't think exactly the way the cool kids oh, yeah. thought, you're out. Then you you're would be excommunicated from the doubt. entire bunch, especially at Berkeley. And, and yeah. but the idea is that wasn't right. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the idea, there's so little room for divergent thought. No, uh, can in, be no divergent thought in the uh, CNNs or the Fox News or the MSNBCs yeah, of the right. world. Anyway, yeah. folks, we're going to take a short break right now, and we'll be back with the conclusion, the thrilling conclusion. Uh, we're going to put all these ideas together for you in the next 15 minutes when we get back. And I think you're going to be blown away. Oh, I'm sure they will be, without S a doubt. Sit tight, folks. We love you. We're coming right back. <laughs> Man, you know, I started this show Welcome back, folks. with some great hopes. I really did. I thought we were going to get somewhere. I thought you and I... We're going to get the answers. We actually went in reverse a little bit. <laughs> I I feel like I'm, I'm feeling a, a little dumber. Circle, I'm feeling a little I less, feel like we got less right secure. Back to where we I'm about to go outside and cry. <laughs> I'm telling <laughs> you, man, we figured nothing out today. Well, I think that is the purpose, though. And I, I do believe that there's this idea if you can have a discussion and manage to take all of the finger pointing away and manage to just talk, the truth will emerge. And the idea is we have gotten away from having a discussion with someone that disagrees with you. Right. Because what we do now in this country is we just destroy uh, anyone that doesn't agree wholeheartedly with whatever you say in, in the most disrespectful way possible. We fall into the camp of saying, you're part of that, yeah, so you should yeah. think this. And or you are part of us, therefore you should think that. Right. right. And when you start talking about a person's identity, I firmly believe 
two or three things. Firmly, I believe the watchmaker, I call God the watchmaker. I believe the watchmaker does not miss. And I believe that whatever it is that you, the way you were born, is the way you were intended to be born. Uh, it doesn't matter what your sexual orientation is, what your skin color is, or what it, whatever it is. And it is inherently good. You should be proud of whatever it is that you are. I was reading an op- and it's, it doesn't help to say. Go ahead, yeah, yeah please. No, I was going to say I, I, was, I was reading an op-ed in the LA Times this past week, and I think it was Harper's Weekly where they they asked they did the survey and they asked people this question, which seems so ridiculous. They said, "Do you believe life is fair?" Right? How crazy is that question? First of all, it's so ethereal. What's oh my that even goodness! Fair, not fair. But I they, would be worried what people were going to think of me if I answered that question honestly. Yeah. Well, here's the funny thing. <laughs> I, I asked some people the other day. I said, "So, do you think life's fair?" And of course, every person at the table said, "Of course, it's not fair." Blah blah blah. And I said, "Well, I actually, I kind of think it is." And they destroyed me for oh saying that. Oh my goodness! Yeah, you they don't want to say things like that in yeah. mixed company. But, I mean, kind of comes back to this thing about critical race theory. What should we teach the kids? Should we teach anything about race at all? If we do, what do we teach? You know, there's kind of a way of looking at it that says, well, are you a person that thinks life is fair or thinks life isn't fair? Well, I, Or I, thinks that everything should be expected to be fair. Or uh, how comfortable are you with getting outside of, of an illusion? How comfortable yes. are you with someone saying, okay, we're going to start over. I know. I don't care how old yeah. you are. Yeah. And we're going to do things differently. Take and away political party, take away ideology, take away every place you ever went to school, and let's just sit down and start from the beginning. And, and if you even go to the identity, because race is something that is so integral. It is endemic to, to folks' consciousness of who they are. So deep they don't even know. And, and when you say, okay, and this is true, we don't really have white and black people. Right. That is not something that... Uh, has any scientific validity, but when yet you, we perpetuate it. But when you take somebody and you challenge something that they bo- that that it's so deep, they're in coming them, at you with a blowtorch. They can't accept yeah. that this would or would not exist. I mean, it happens all the time. People's brains literally melt out of their ears when you give them that stuff. And and, and the idea is, you know, in order to think that way, you kind of have to have an independent system. I mean, we're not Republican. I'm not Republican. I'm not Democrat. Uh, I kind of uh, do things and I'm trying to follow my own path and figure these things out. And I'm open to any ideas, but I do know that whatever a person thinks about who they are, and and that's what they will become. That is what will create the situations, uh, the people they meet, the things that happen to them. And we should never have any limitation at all in terms of what it is that we're teaching our children they can achieve. But they, then, we should tell them that there is nothing you can't do and there is nothing at all wrong with the way that you were born. But then the very essence of the way you were taught when you were in school has dictated what you were or were not capable of doing and what you did or did not believe you could do, whether you think that or not. Well, it's I think so you can change it on the fly, though. I, I think that, you know, you can, oh, yeah. you're not locked you into things that happened when you were a, right. a, at any moment in the past. And you can change you it can for the kids. You can make a U-turn at the age of 88. You can, you, know. <laughs> you can change it for the kids on the fly, too. Right. I mean, I think about I can't even name all of the things that you and I were taught when we were in school that were in the science books that if you went back today, they'd go, uh, yeah, it's actually not really that way. Right. Right. And we were completely convinced. We read the textbook. The textbook said it was that way. And then you go back and read it and you're like, well, that wasn't entirely accurate. Right. Here's a more accurate description of that. Right. But at the same time, we have to teach our history we and do. we have to teach our history 
in a way that is accurate. Yes. Uh, because if you are if you don't learn the lessons, and I've got an example for you that has nothing to do with race. How many people in the cars that you're driving in, how many uh, people can say that they were taught anything in school about the Spanish flu or it was called oh, yeah, the swine one. flu? Yeah. Uh, but this was basically a pandemic that hit our nation like a tornado right. in 1918, uh, in 1917, books. 1918, around Not in there. Not the textbooks. And Got censored out. It, this makes COVID look like romper room. This, is, yep. this was Government something said, that killed you. Yep. It would kill you in the same day that you were first yes, exposed. Exactly. They, they they were just not enough places for but for the bodies. What was happening in 1917? The war was World happening. War I, the Great War, the Great One, right? Yes. And we were right in the middle of it. And there was this thing called censorship. Yep. And the censorship said that we are not going to say anything that could, in theory, tend to impugn the morale of our troops or our nation. So we're not, going to act like this the, disease well, doesn't that, exist. Hang on. The crazy thing is that actually wasn't such a bad idea, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're trying to fight this war. You got to get this thing done. It's like, yeah, the Spanish flu thing's really bad, but we got to win this war. Otherwise, we got bigger problems. So now. But skip we didn't forward. tell everybody that more people yeah. were dying from this disease than combat more in that war. More importantly, skip forward another 50, 60, 70, 80 years. There you go. Not in the textbooks. And because of that? We had problems the second time a pandemic came around. People weren't ready. And there were some moments that we've looked at, and one of them had to do with this mass gathering in Philadelphia, uh, which was for war bonds to raise money for the war. Uh, It was a ticker tape parade, which we don't really have in L.A., but it basically against the, the Dr. Fauci's of the day were telling the leadership in don't Philadelphia, do don't, don't do, do it. it. This is, <laughs> we have a problem. Gonna, and they we were like saying, ah, screw you. We got to yeah, make money yeah, for the yeah. war. We're, we're good. And it was not just a super spreader event. It was just a, a ultimate, just saturation spreading event. Right. And it caused hundreds and hundreds. Of, and I'm not exaggerating folks, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people to die. And it wasn't like you got it and you died over the next two weeks. You got it and you would die that same day or that yep. next day. And when you took it home to your family, they would all die. There were not, there were bodies in the streets. This is a horrific thing. But when people started wearing masks, it stopped or it slowed down. And that was one of the ways you could stop the spread of this thing. Now, had we been really taught that, the reason why, by the way, they call it the Spanish flu is because Spain was neutral in the war, and Spain was the only country that was actually but free to write we about been this. So, thought that what would have happened when COVID comes along? Well, could it have made a difference? It would have made we a gigantic difference. We don't know, but you can say it probably would have, right? People Most would reasonably. have understood yep. the importance of a mask right. based on the history that had been taught them, right? But that history was never taught, and as a result of that, that old adage. He who does not remember history is doomed to repeat the mistakes. But then the challenge is you also have to have context. So you can't just teach the history in a vacuum because then that's completely meaningless. It's just a bunch of letters and numbers and statistics on a piece of paper. So there's got to be context. And then that comes back to this issue of race and how do you teach it. You can say X happened and Y happened and Z happened. But if you don't have any context around it, for instance, you can talk about slavery. But if you don't say – that slavery is now bad, right? You don't say that that is an injustice relative to the laws that we have today. Then it has no context. But I don't know if you have to say that. It's kind of apparent. Uh, But these are really deep questions. And and I think that the discussion is more important than the answer. But I do think that somehow uh, our children 
seem to be less obsessed with race and racism. Uh, they think about it, and you hear a lot of it, but you, mm-hmm. you, they're just not racist as as they used to be. I mean, as as and I Every think that generation goes slowly. By we're going to out, you know, kind of get sort of outgrown move, us, outgrow yeah. it. Yeah. But the idea is, I don't know if we'll ever get to a place where we don't have black and white people in America. Maybe not in our lifetime, but that would be very interesting mm-hmm. if we could. But I like that whole thing that we've said before. If you just go back to st- – if you start with, look, it's a lie. It's biologically not true. There is no such thing as race. We've got this word. You, you, and, and now you explain that to an eight-year-old. You kind of don't really. But if you go back and just say we've got these words written on pieces of paper that say what is your race. Okay, I know we asked that question, but you got to understand that word – has no meaning. Maybe we at should stop all. asking the question. Yeah, maybe every time I is. check that African American box, something I'm, bad I'm happens to me. Yeah, <laughs> 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 oh, I don't know. I just you just the mortgage people yeah. stop calling. I, I don't know what happened. I thought yeah. I had good credit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, that's a I, I, I didn't need that house anyway. We're talking about the secret world of white people. But I mean, seriously, it comes back to that thing of saying, so how do we get to this with our kids? And maybe it's just maybe you're right. Maybe we just simply need to stop asking the question. Yeah. But we also have to remember just the basic thing. We got to have some respect for each other as, as Americans. We just show some basic respect right. to your fellow man. Don't point the finger at him and say he's wrong or that his birth was a mistake or that his race or is a mistake. the reason you said that is because you are. Exactly. All right. Folks, I know as we move towards the end, as we always love to say, here at A Nation Divided, we love you. Even if we disagree with you, we, we love, love you, you all. all. Be safe Even out if there, we cut folks. You off, we don't mean to. Even <laughs> not really. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're really going to make a difference, folks, if we just remember that R word respect. Respect. Be safe. <laughs>